Hello, this is Mark Richter with another episode of Linux for the Layman. Want to feel safe, secure, and capable when using your computer? This is for you if you want to succeed and know you can handle your computer tasks with ease. Today I'm going to talk about a particular special reason that I really enjoy using the command line. I'll have to give you a little background and since this is for the layman, an introduction to some of the concepts and practices involved in using the terminal. I have a flash drive on which I keep a group of files that I like to have with me at all times. I like it partly because I will occasionally be working on my laptop away from home or working on my desktop and I don't want the files that are on the flash drive to be out of sync with the most recent version. So I needed a backup utility that would ensure that I have a copy of what's on the flash drive on my desktop and on my laptop that are up to date with the last time I did anything with the flash drive on either machine. It's like a backup copy of the flash drive on the, my desktop at home or my laptop. If I were going to use a graphics application for this, first of all I'd have to find one that did exactly that. And I'll admit I haven't really looked that hard because I created one for myself. It's actually more than one piece, but they all fit together nicely. And in the second place, if I could find a graphical application to do that, invoking it would require that I click on my menu button, bring up whatever category I placed it under, probably accessories, and activate it, or activate it from an icon on my desktop, or an icon on my panel, one of those three. Well, that's one click. Then I would have to go and when the application opens up, I'd have to click on something to tell it, go ahead and do the backup. And if I'm lucky and the application is smart, that means two clicks and it's done. And it will tell me if I don't have the right flash drive plugged in or if there's something else wrong. On the other hand, I created a setup whereby I can type in three characters on the command line and enter and all of that happens automatically. That is not terribly difficult to do. There's a couple things that I need to explain especially if you're a novice to Linux which is what this podcast is aimed at. The first thing is that when you use the command line most commands that you type in will take some number of options which are different ways that the application will run depending on what you put in for the options. For example, when you want to look at the files in your directory the command is ls. But suppose you don't want to see the files in the usual order which is alphabetically by name. Suppose you want to see them in time modified order, reverse time modified order, so the most recent files will show up at the end and the oldest files will show up at the beginning. 
the options for that are dash R for reverse and dash T by most recently modified time. And you can do that as a single option, del S dash RT. Another way to do that is if you use this command often, which I do all the time, you set up an alias that means ls rt. An alias is exactly what it sounds like. It's an alias. It's a name you set up to mean something else. In my case, I have an alias called lrt, which translates to ls-rt. And I have that set up in my aliases file so that when I open a terminal, the shell, bash, will read that file and instantiate that alias. And the alias will take precedence over any other LRT commands anywhere in the system. So that's what an alias is. The next concept you need to understand is the concept of a shell script. A shell script is a file that contains a list or set of commands that you want executed in a particular order every time you run this shell script. It is a text file, not a document file. There's a world of difference. A text file is just what you type into a line or screen editor. Editor like, if you're on Windows, it's like Notepad. On some Linux distributions, there's one called Mousepad, which works the same way. All it puts in the file are the letters you type in, and then it saves them in that format. This is different from a document because a document typically has a lot of formatting information included in the file built around what you type in so that the document processor, like Word or LibreOffice Writer, can present it to you on the screen the way you want it to look. In a pure text file, what you see on the screen is what you typed into the file, letter for letter, no formatting added. And that's what a text file is. A shell script is a text file that lists commands that you want the shell to execute when you invoke that script from the command line. I write shell scripts all the time, so for me it was a fairly easy task to come up with a shell script to do two things. One was to delete the files on the backup that no longer exist on the flash drive. So if I run the flash drive and I save some files and I go to another machine and I restore those files and then I delete them from the flash drive, when I come back to the original machine and the next time I want to run my synchronization command, it will go out and delete those files from the backup directory because they're not on the flash drive anymore. I call this weeding out the files. I wrote a shell script that does that. It checks to make sure that the flash drive has a certain directory on it because otherwise it says you don't actually have the flash drive plugged in and that's fine. It goes to the backup directory and it looks through every file in the backup directory to make sure that it still exists on the flash drive. If it doesn't, then it deletes it from the backup directory. And I call that the synchronization script. Then I have another shell script that actually runs the backup. And before it runs the backup, it runs the weed shell script to get rid of files that aren't there anymore. And then it runs 
the backup. I'll come back to that in a minute. The second shell script actually runs the backup. The backup utility I like to use is a command called rsync. What it was originally written for was to synchronize files between one machine to a remote machine somewhere on the network. And it requires what's called the rsync daemon service to be running on both machines for it to work. rsync is a very powerful command, but if you want to find out what it does and you look it up in the man page, you see man space rsync return, you get a dizzying array of options. It's extremely flexible and extremely powerful. It took me a while to figure out exactly which options I wanted, but it turns out I use a lot of these options all the time in exactly the same order. The options I use are the archive option, which sets a bunch of other options that I don't remember offhand, but they're designed so that when you run the command, the copy you're making on your destination is an archive copy of the original that you're copying from. There's a progress option, which shows you how much of the file is being operated on as it's being operated on. And there's a couple more options I won't go into right now but they all do what I want to create a synchronized backup. The modern version of rsync will work on the same machine. So you can use rsync to copy files from one place to another. And the best reason to use this is when you make an archive copy, say you want to make an archive copy of a directory, a whole directory. You want to make a backup of that in another directory, which we'll call the backup directory. If the backup directory doesn't exist, rsync will create it. If it does exist, rsync will check to make sure that the file it's going to copy next doesn't already exist in the backup directory with a newer modification date than the one you're coming from. So it's a really good, efficient backup command to synchronize between a source and a destination. I have a shell script that uses the rsync command to backup what's on the flash drive to the backup directory. It does other things as well, which is why I have it in a shell script. But when I wanted to do this particular operation, the first thing it does is it checks to make sure that a certain directory that I know I have on the flash drive is there. So it can use that to check to make sure that the flash drive is plugged in. Then it will call the weed shell script to do the weeding for it and then it does the backup. I could just use the name of that shell script and have it execute like that, but I like to be very brief on the command line. So I have an alias. The alias is three characters long and what it does is it triggers the backup script which goes and runs the weed script and then does the backup and then it comes back to the command line. I have another three-letter alias, slightly different, that does the same thing. It calls that alias to run the backup, and then it ejects the flash drive. So I can run that, three characters, enter, and my flash drive is backed up on the machine it's in, and I can pull it out at that point. I don't know of any graphic utility that actually does all of that, because even if there's a good graphic utility for doing synchronizing backups that does the first part of what I want, 
there are many clicks I still have to go through to get the flash drive dismounted. It's not all done automatically. That is the kind of thing that you can do with shell scripts and aliases from the command line. And with just a little bit of ingenuity, you can do this too. It's not that hard. It takes a little bit of a learning curve, yes. Every new thing you try on a computer is going to take a little bit of a learning curve. Trust me, I go through them all the time. Once you've figured this out and you've done one, if you want to look back and say, how did I do that? All you have to do is look up the shell script you wrote the commands in, and they're right there in exactly the right order. And if you want to tweak it, you can make modifications, play with it, test it, and then you have another one. Or you've updated the one you already had. This is one of the things that makes computing fun for me. I can play with it. I can tinker with it. And there are very few things that you can do in a shell script that are dangerous. The only things that you can do in a shell script that are genuinely dangerous are things that you shouldn't ever do from the command line. You can look that up on the web and I may go through them at some point in the future, but if you're a layman, I don't want to scare you off. I want you to be happy with your computing, comfortable with your computing, and enjoy your computing. That's what this is for. Linux for the layman, the joy of computing. The power is at your fingertips. You can exercise your ingenuity and create wonderful treats for your eyes and for your fingers when you're using a computer. I hope you found this entertaining, exciting, educational, useful. Please do let me know if you liked it, if you want to know something else, if you'd like me to cover some other material. Please let me know. There are some more tricks involved with shell scripts that make them shell scripts as opposed to just ordinary plain text files. I'm not going to go into those here, but I'll cover them in another episode in the near future. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate your attention. I appreciate your coming to visit. I've had over a thousand visits so far, and I am thrilled that that many plays of my podcast have actually taken place. Please feel free to invite your friends. If you find that this was of value to you, I take contributions. You can click the support button. If you have questions or if you have any particular question about something you'd like to know more about, contact me at my email address. It's in the introduction. Thank you for coming today. I really appreciate your attendance, and I hope you'll join me next time on another Linux for the Layman, The Joy of Computing.